Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. This is Laura Vandevoort. I played Kara Kent slash Supergirl on Smallville, and you are listening to Always Hold On to Smallville. Welcome to Always On to Smallville. In this podcast, we talk about each and every episode of The Young Superman Show, then we're from 2001 to 2011 on the WB and the CW. I'm your host, Zach Moore, and I'm joined this week by Ronit Troner. What's up, Ronit? Hey, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. Thank you. So, Ronit, we are here to talk about Bloodline, which is... Best known for the return of Supergirl? I don't know. There's a lot going on in this episode, isn't there? Yes, there is. At least one shirtless scene. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to try to control my thirst for this and be a mature um, podcast. We, we, uh, you know, I speaking of misremembering things, because uh, we'll, we'll we had a little conversation before you started recording all. Stay tuned to the very end listeners for that bit. But I had forgotten that Oliver was in this episode at all. I'm like, oh, I thought he had left and it was gone. He wasn't going to come back till later. And then he shows up and I'm like, oh, he's going to go steal a thing from Tess and she's going to catch him. And then he's going to like change into just Oliver Queen and be naked in her bed. But I must remember that. That's later this season. <laughs> so oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> We've got to lead up to it. You know, there's got to be a tease. That's right. That's right. So, so anyway, uh, Bloodline, there was so much going on. In this episode, and I, I don't know how I feel about it, but that is what we are here to discuss. We're going to hash it out, <laughs> and then maybe I can come to some conclusions about it, because even though there's a lot going on, that's not necessarily a good thing. I don't know. I've been really digging season eight so far. This one, you know, there, there, there's some there's some things to discuss here. <laughs> okay, about it. I- <laughs> Kara's back. Did you miss Kara? You, were you glad to see her again? No, so I think this is where we disagree. I'm not really a fan of Kara on this show. So you, you just would have been fine with Clark leaving her in the Phantom Zone never to return? No, I mean, 
when he's a good person, she can come back. Listen, I don't mind. She came back for a minute and then she ran off. So I'm happy with that. Now in Smallville, the official magazine number 31, available wherever magazines are sold. <laughs> they have an in-depth interview with Laura Vandervert about her return to the show uh, and, and her exit from the show as well. So I'll, re I'll read a couple quotes from it here. Quote, I was sad to find out that I wouldn't be back as a regular, but I had a pretty good idea that probably wasn't the end of me. They couldn't just leave my character hanging. The episode I did, Bloodline, wraps up Kara's story, so I was sure I would be back for one more, and that was the case. So at the time of this interview, she's probably thinking, I'm done. You know, like, I'm never coming back to Small because they thought, you know, season eight was the end, and then nine and ten, and then, of course, she does come back, thankfully, uh, for a couple episodes in season ten, uh, because I, I don't, I think this would have been rather, I mean, it would have been a better way to end her character than they left her last time, but but we, we can talk about the very end, but but I, it's interesting that here she's like, has this finality mm -hmm. to it, like, oh yeah, I'm, I wrapped up my story, I'm, I'm done. And then, and then she just talked about coming back uh, to the show for the first time in a year, quote, it was a little nerve wracking because I hadn't been there in a while. I'd been working on other things, so I had put Kara on the side for a bit, but going back to it was like riding a bike. I had to get back into it, but it was amazing working with Erica and Tom. So that's gotta be that's gotta be intimidating, right? You 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 work somewhere for a year with all these people, and then like you, I don't know what her contract was, but for whatever reason, they either bought her out or they dismissed her from the cast, like because creatively they're like, okay, we're not gonna use Supergirl anymore, right? As we discussed, you know, last time uh, we were on Blue, last time we were on the podcast, and that was the ridiculous. That was a terrible episode. I, I forgot how much I didn't like that. But they write her off at the end like with some amnesia and she doesn't have any powers. And just the rest of the season, they're finding mm -hmm. ways to keep her out of the story until they eventually just shipped her off. Um, so that's going to be weird. Not all the characters have decided it's got to be weird as an actress to be working on a show as a, as a star. Like she's in the main cast, right? And then they write her off. And they're like, hey, why don't you come back for one more and wrap everything up? Like that's got to be a weird vibe, huh? It is because I wonder if she comes back and she just feels like a, a stranger or an interloper on the on the set and not really as familiar with them. But I will say, I think it worked for her character and what was happening because she did seem kind of distant, right? So she was in the Phantom Zone for a while. She had to fend for herself and she definitely felt, felt distant from Clark and from Lois. She had a lot of scenes with Michael Rosenbaum last season. He's gone, right? I mean, Chris and Craig, I don't know if she had that much interaction with Lana that much, but still, like, these these familiar people and characters she'd been with, and and she's literally in an alien environment in, in this episode. So I, this was a very necessary episode. Like, I'm glad that they were like, okay, we need to address this, because she's not like a a Lucas Luthor, right, from season two, mm -hmm. where it's like, Lex has his brother, and, and we're never going to talk about him again, or even, like, it would be ridiculous. Imagine if they just left... Kara in the in the Phantom Zone for the rest of Smallville. I guess what they they could be like, well, when he becomes Superman one day, they'll let her out. But what a horrible like, no, <laughs> what that's a horrible terrible. Treatment. I hate it when they just drop threads. It drives me crazy, and I think the fans do as well because they keep track. Yeah, especially for you know a main character <laughs> like Kara. But so she's back. There's a lot going on, but it's such a small. I don't want to say it's a small component, and I think that's kind of my issue with this episode. Like this should be like. The Kara comes back episode, right? She was a main cast member who was here. She's coming back to, to presumably perhaps wrap up her story if there's no more seasons after this. And I felt like it should have been more like focused on her as opposed to all this other stuff that was going on. That That's my, but I was, a, you know, I was a fan. 
of her character. You were so maybe you were like, you know what? Fine, check her off the box. We know what happened to her. Uh, that's all I need to see. But that, that's that's my feeling was uh, at least rewatching it now. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the purpose of having her there was, or what the purpose of going to the Phantom Zone was, except for to bring back. Um... Who was it? Doomsday's mom. Yeah, well, bring back. Was a, she was never a character before. That you know, oh, like that's the yeah, to introduce her. But otherwise, yeah. I'm not really sure what the purpose of going there was because you're exactly. right. There was no real story for Kara. Exactly. You know, I think I think we might be on the same page here. So, so th- this will be a lot of fun. Let's get into it. Bloodline. Where are we? We are not on Earth. Well, so we're gonna be fine. The crystals reprogrammed to trap me here. Smallville, all new next Thursday at 8, 7 central on The CW. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bloodline is the eighth episode of Smallville's eighth season. It aired on November 6th, 2008. It was written by Carolyn Dries and directed by Michael Roll. Of course, as I always say when Carolyn Dries' name comes up, executive producer, writer on Batwoman. And she wrote, well, obviously the Batwoman episode of the Christ Zone of Nurse was features Smallville. Of course. So I'm doing something for season eight. Ernie, Uh-oh. I'm asking people what you thought the ratings were for this episode. On a Thursday night in 2008, and let me give you a little context real quick. The last episode... Identity 4.32 million were the ratings. So that's where we were last week. Maybe that'll give you a little, little hint, a little context. And so I feel like it goes down with each episode, but I could be wrong. So I don't know, 4.1 million? Okay, 4.45 million. It went Whoa. up. Now, <laughs> yeah. to your logic, this is the highest rated episode of the season, and it goes down after this. You know what? I bet they advertised Kara's return, and people they, are like, "They did." It was see her. It was actually a little brief. Like they again, like sure, focus more on like Kara returns, right? Um, she's in the trailer, but they knew she was coming. Like if you were plugged in at all to, you know, Smallville fandom or, or watching the show, you would have known she was coming back. Um, you know, on Krypton site and you know all those places you could go, there's pictures and. But no, she's in the trailer, and I that was my theory as well. Uh, people were excited to see the return of Kara. And that is why they had the, the it's even higher than the, the season premiere. So this is the highest ratings of the season and it does go downhill from here. But also, I think there's a combination of that. And I think they're coming off a couple of great episodes with Identity. 
and Prey. Like those, these are really good episodes that I, I really enjoyed. And I think we're proving that the new soft reboot of the show, as <laughs> I've been calling it, could work without Lana, without Lex. And all that was a perfect storm of high ratings. And 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 I think it deserved it now. I think our ratings, right? It's always reflective of what comes before, right? Because people are like, ah, I like that one. I'll keep watching or... Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really judge an episode by the ratings it gets, but I think that was fascinating that this is the highest uh, of the season, and I think you called it. I'm going to give those points to Kara for coming back. So, And then it dropped off after this episode because it, it was They're just like, wait, Kara good. left? I thought she was back for good. Yeah. But I was surprised. I will say this, right? So I think when we spoke last time, I told you how my – Preferred seasons are the earlier ones, and I really loved Clark and Lana, and I was sad at the way the whole thing turned out, and it was very hard for me to adjust to Lois and Clark. I mean, I liked Lois on her own. I just didn't see the whole thing together. But then after taking, let's say, a two-year hiatus from actually watching the show and then picking it up at season eight, I can kind of see them together. Now I'm like, oh, I do like them without Lana in my head the whole time. I can see them as a couple and I did really enjoy it. And it made me want to go back to season seven to really see more of the buildup. Well, uh, don't keep watching season eight then because (laughs) Lana comes back and wrecks the whole thing. Yes, I saw that. (laughs) And Clark and Lois can't really get together for another half season. Thank you, Lana. But no, I I agree. Like I I am buying everything they're putting down, picking up whatever they're putting down (laughs) with uh, Clark and Lois this season. And, you know, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of, Whatever they were trying to do with Clark and Lois for the last, you know, four years she was on the show. And there's a little bit of that in this episode, but we'll talk about it. Uh, it kind of sneaks through with her being like, oh, my God, Clark, we were abducted. I was like, OK. All right, Lois, you've been such a like, mature comic book version of yourself this whole season. And then they, they got to turn into season four, Lois, all of a sudden on us. But anyway, well, we'll get there. But hey, did you how did you watch this, by the way? Hulu, Blu-ray, DVD? Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Does it have the previously on Smallville? I think so. Okay. I just turned it on. My memory is so awful. I literally <laughs> just put it on, but I was so distracted. <laughs> no, I think it does. I always ask because, um, especially now that I'm watching on the Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray has this like included. like It just starts. And, and I know the, the DVD says they have the include the previously on, yes or no. I'm like, oh, that's great. Because in the earlier seasons, it was just a, a crapshoot. Like, there were some seasons where they didn't have it on the DVD sets. Hulu always did. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes you need some context here because this is a very important previously on. Because <laughs> it talks about Kara from season seven. It talks about the Phantom Zone from season six. Like, you you need that context. If you were just watching, say that you were watching Supernatural, you know, that year, and you decided to start watching Smallville along with it the same night, right? And you were watching along, and this episode came up with no context. You'd be like, wait, who is that? Mm-hmm. Where are they? Like, you would have no idea. So I think it's great that Smallville, like, started really doing the previously on i mean when a show runs that long you need some context but what i also think the streamings do and i could be wrong about this is that if you're binge watching it they don't necessarily put the previously on at the beginning of every episode but if you take a break or stop and restart then they'll start an episode with the previously on to catch Mm. you up because i have noticed that with various shows it's interesting how these streaming services adapt to your viewing habits it's kind of scary actually <laughs> i mean but it makes sense because i would not want to watch it. if i'm literally watching five episodes in a row which i shouldn't be but i might hmm. so if i'm watching five episodes in a row i don't need to see previously on because i've been watching it but if i've taken a break for a few hours or a few days <laughs> then i'm not going to remember what happened the day before but even if you had watched the last five episodes you wouldn't know who kara was that's think true. about that 
That's it's true. important plot information. So but anyway, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so we start out the kin uh, the kin house and plus one for blue shirt red jacket right off the bat. Clark is literally putting on the jacket. Okay, so here's my qualm. Right off the bat, I have a qualm. <laughs> right? Did we not just have? an episode where Jimmy figures out who he is because tell me if I'm out of order, but I thought Jimmy figured out who he is because of the red shirt, blue jacket, whatever. And so Clark is doing his laundry. He's putting it all away. He's hiding it. And then all of a sudden the outfits are back. You are 100% correct. <laughs> that is. Did he not learn? What kind of a reporter is he? It, that, he does that's not learn. One of the images of the show that's uh, burning in my brain is him staring at his pile of clothes, right? And yes. he's like, oh, I better not wear that a anymore. Great t-shirt. I've never yeah. seen a great t-shirt over a white long sleeve. Oh my God, it was so refreshing. <laughs> yeah, on our, uh, our, our last episode, uh, one of my guests, uh, Anthony Desiato, he said he he copied that fashion because he was like, wow, I like <laughs> that look, right? So small but formative in every way. You're absolutely right. What are you doing, Clark? Like, Look, wear that when you're doing Superman stuff. When you're blurring around, saving kids, and all right, great. But not when you're, I don't know, I guess it's Saturday. It's I, I'm going to assume it's Saturday. No, it must be Sunday. Or I don't know, because... They do go back to work. But they're reporters. Do they only work Monday through Friday? Wouldn't and they, they do, they're like three hours away. That's its own conversation <laughs> I have every time. But the test later's like, well, look who showed up to work today. I was like, what day is it? Anyway, Lois is deciding to move into to the Kent Farm because a couple episodes back... She was like, hey, I need a place to live. And he was like, yeah, Lois, I guess you can live with me. And she's like, no, never mind. And I thought that was a mature, like, oh, we're starting to have feelings for each other. We better not do this. And I thought that was, okay, good. Let's leave it there. And I'd forgotten that, like, for, like, half this episode, she was going to move in again with him uh, with all these boxes. I don't, here's, a, and there's a thing, like, I'm going in this rabbit hole of, like, I want to rewrite this entire episode. I would have had Lois not be in this episode. Okay. You take Lois out of the episode. She's because I can pray. She's oh, she's on assignment somewhere. She's on a monster truck rally. Sure, because because Erica Durant says that contract where she can only be in so many episodes. So this is a perfect episode to do that. We're getting heavy Superman stuff, and you have a returning guest star like Laura Vandervoort as Kara. She can be that role. So Lois is not here. That that's my rewrite. Kara gets possessed by Feyara because she's Kryptonian, and it makes sense. And then all that happens is it's just Kara. And then Martian Manhunter shows up at the end with the crystal to save Clark. And then that's your episode. Okay. But I do think they're trying to plant the seeds for Lois, right? Because eventually she figures out the secret and she puts it all together. And in her mind, she's going back to all the previous incidents that she had written. She off. does mention this. And yeah. So <laughs> I feel like they're building up to it. So in every season, they're probably planting little seeds along the way. So yeah. While she might dismiss now, or at least verbally, you know, in the back of her mind, she's thinking, what really happened? That's true. And Clark's excuses were the week as well during. I'm just saying like all the, the, the suspended disbelief of what people remember and don't remember and experience is, is pretty ridiculous. And I think it's all solved by Lois not being here. And also that gives Kara more time to be in the story, which she's just not. So I'm thinking that's an easy switcheroo. That, that's in my opinion. So that right off the jump, that's what I'm talking about. So Lois is moving in. She's talking about how like living, I think she makes some kind of sex joke about like crows in the morning and living with, Jimmy and Chloe. It's very. I didn't know what she was talking. She's like the rooster only crows once. Try living with Jimmy and Chloe. Oh and Clark's yeah, like, I, get I didn't it. need to hear that. I'm like, oh, yes, okay. Maybe the three of you shouldn't live in like a a loft. <laughs> you know this. I don't understand. Where does Lois sleep? Is she on the couch? Is there even a couch in that room? I don't even. I guess there is. I don't know. It's just, it's a very strange well, arrangement. There's definitely a couch next to the kitchen. <laughs> That's right. There is. I've seen <laughs> Chloe sitting on her laptop on that. But it's it's ridiculous that like three people live there. Not yeah, only just, it's not three roommates, it's an engaged couple and like her cousin. 
very inappropriate. They must be all very poor. The Daily Planet clearly does not pay well. Well, I mean, their gas money is just, <laughs> that's where their paycheck goes because they're driving three hours to Metropolis. But most importantly, my favorite part of this scene is not only does she invite herself to like live there as she's unpacking, she only brings in, I think, two boxes and then goes to get some cereal and milk from the fridge and about to start <laughs> feeding herself. I was like, what kind of a roommate is she going to be? She's a total creamer from Seinfeld in this situation. <laughs> so uh, so she found a box, right, on the uh, on the front porch. And uh, she's like, oh, hey, Clark, here, uh, good to see you. Ma Kent still sending you care packages. This is, you know, some kind of love the love the Martha reference. But mm. um, it, it's kind of open already. Did you notice this? I'm like, why is the bottom of it open already? That's strange. But anyway, <laughs> I think I think the prop just fell apart <laughs> as they're handing it off because Clark takes it. He's like, hmm, no return address. That's weird. And he opens it up and uh, it's the Fortress of Solitude crystal that, that got stolen from Tess couple episodes back you would know that if you watched it previously on so hopefully nobody skipped that uh and clark hasn't seen it uh since since tess was, was showing it to him and lois is like what's with the funky paperweight well it's funny that everybody thinks it's a paperweight but i don't understand that that's so i've never seen a paperweight the paperweight that looks that large um but yeah everyone on this weird. show thinks kryptonian stuff is paperweights remember the octagonal disc like people thought people are like, oh yeah it's a paperweight <laughs> back in season one i'm like do people even use paperweights? Like, I haven't, th- I mean, granted, this show is from what, the early 2000s? <laughs> I have not seen a paperweight probably since then. Do people even use paper? No, that's I guess real, that's why. They've that's gone the real out of question. Paper, paper paper out of <laughs> but then Clark, you know, Clark touches it and it starts glowing. And he's like, well, let's get out of here. And she's, she's like, small, we'll just put it down. And she's like reaching for it with him. They're touching. And then they both get sucked into the Phantom Zone because we see the, um, a little Phantom Zone prism break through the window of the Kent kitchen, which is cool because we've seen it do that stuff before. That's, I guess, that's what this does. It, it sucks you into a square and it spits you out into space, and then we get the opening credits. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty good opening, though. High stakes. Yes. Very excited. No, I'm not. I hate the Phantom Zone. <laughs> You're not, not a fan it. of the Phantom Zone. <laughs> no, I thought it was the whole episode, and then I realized after rewatching the show three times, I'm like, oh, it's actually not that much of the show. Well, that's that's just they, they should have done more of that. Like that's, they should have picked the. They're trying to do too much. They, they want to do a Lois and Clark adventure, but that that ends. They want to have Kira come back, and that's like not to its full potential. They want to do a possession story with like Feora, the wife of Zod, who mm-hmm. Feora in the comics is who Ursa is in the Superman movies. And so they kind of use her and they use that name interchangeably, whoever like Zod's right hand woman is. But Fiora uh, is in Man of Steel, right? That's Zod's right hand woman there, right? So that's that same character. And uh, they want to introduce her. They want to give Davis a whole backstory and have it delivered through a fan. I'm like, this is too much that's going on. Like, this is like three episodes worth of plot, which will all be fine. But it's just so crammed in there because I was like, oh, cool. They're in the fan. No, not really. They're in the fan. So for like 15 minutes. Did we figure out who sent him the crystal? That is never is answered. That a mystery of oh, never. Answered. That is never answered on the show. It is answered by uh, Al Septim, one of the writers of the show. He said on social media at some point or a message board that Lex's people stole that crystal from Tess mm-hmm. and reprogrammed it to send Clark to the Phantom Zone when he touched it. Now, there's a reason that's not canon anywhere because, like, you start to ask yourself. How did they know how to even do that? Chloe's brainiac. So I get Chloe can hack that thing and do stuff. I don't think some Earth scientist working for Lex could do that. 
And then, and then whoever stole it is just X. You could say it was whoever, but it has to be like there's no one else. Like, but that's that's their way of trying to include Lex in the story when they, he's not around. Mm-hmm. And it's not they need to explain that because they never do. <laughs> maybe maybe they explain it later on season eight. And I forgot. Maybe Clark's like, oh, Lex must have sent me the you know maybe. But it's there's no return address, Renee. We don't know. Okay. <laughs> so mystery to solve. Mystery to be solved. So we go to the opening credits, we come back, and Chloe is there to help Lois move. I don't know why she wasn't there at the same time as Lois, but you know, again, plot contrivance. She just said, like, why are you moving all this stuff that you never use? I think we've all been there when we move. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a funny line, I thought. But she sees the broken window, and she sees the crystal. I, I don't get why the crystal was left behind if they were holding it. That's just me. You know what I mean? I don't know. This crystal shouldn't do that, by the way. <laughs> this crystal is made to build the Fortress of Solitude, not to send people to the Phantom Zone. But it is what it is. And Chloe picks it up and puts it in her purse, right? Dual purpose. So does that mean, I guess it was only programmed for Clark, so it doesn't, and once it happens once, it's no longer capable of doing that, or it's only capable of doing that to Clark if he touches it? That is what you have to tell yourself for this to make any sense. <laughs> Like, he's because he's afraid to use it later on. Yeah, well, I mean, if I were Clark, I guess I'd be afraid to use it too, uh, considering what happened here. So, so that makes sense. But then, you know, he uses it in literally the next episode. Oh. Literally the next episode, he he reforms the forces of solitude so Jarrell can erase Chloe's mind. So you, you here? Oh, wow! I just thought of a better. I just thought of a better way. Brainiac mm-hmm. inside Chloe's mind mm-hmm. subconsciously stole this and reprogrammed it. So Clark would get it and reform the fortress so he could take over the fortress later. Boom. I just filled your plot hole. Maybe maybe they say that later on. I don't know. We'll find you out. You need to be a script supervisor. I, <laughs> look, it's my job to sit here and analyze these things. <laughs> okay. So that would, would that make more sense, though? Yes. Because Tess of told course. Chloe about that disc. Yeah, yeah, because she wanted so, her. So subconsciously, Brainiac, like, oh, I got to get that. So he must have stole it, sent it to Clark, reprogrammed. Oh, that's what it is. That's my new headcanon. X is Brainiac. Now, I've changed the plot. I've changed the plot. But anyway, speaking of Tess, she's right behind Chloe. <laughs> it's like a horror movie <laughs> reveal there. Can I just say, for as much as I don't really like Kara, Kara, I find Tess mesmerizing. Like, I think she has all of the star power. I I mean, she's so much like Lex in that you feel for her. She's vulnerable, but she's super strong. She's kind of mean and scary, but also you want to help her be her friend. Never quite sure where she falls, um, but I do like her. I I agree. I I love Tess. I think she's a big reason why the show works after Lex and Lionel are gone. Uh, and you don't know where she falls. I don't think the show knows where she falls yet. They obviously don't. They certainly didn't know she was Lex's sister at this point. They didn't know if she was going to be good or bad. It'll be interesting to kind of revisit this 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 arc that she goes on from being like the Lex stand-in to literally working with the Justice League and everybody in season 10 by, by the time that comes around. Uh, but no, I, I agree. Cassie Freeman's fantastic, and I say it every episode, but it's like, it, it would have been so easy to not like this like Lex stand-in character, but she totally mm-hmm. makes it work. So. She does. So Clint. Chloe says a bird flew through the window and she's like a bird all that brain power and that's what you came up with I like that yeah she's not so smart that smart girl no and um, Tess has this device that can kind of activate the the, and track the crystal so she was able to to track it when it turned back on right here she's like it's turned on about two feet from where you're standing right now A, a frequency generator good thing she told Chloe about that since Chloe knew where to send Oliver to go steal it but that's fine 
so that all tracks. She she does take a dig at Chloe about how loyal she is to Clark, and she says, blind loyalty can be dangerous, Chloe. And then Chloe says, that means a lot coming from the protege Alex Luther. It's like, yep. Pardon. <laughs> that's a, they're going back and forth they're trading blows it's so true because it's like Chloe like why, why if you don't know what's up with Chloe and Clark you're like what's your deal why are you always like covering for him and stuff you know so it's so a valid clearly this, yes so I love them together and I love the way that they bounce off each other because they're two smart women but clearly does not pass the Bechdel test because they're just talking about other men you know that's true um I was thinking about the team like is, is there any I, I guess I every, think so. I every think this one does with, fail because it is yeah. about Clark specifically, even though they're talking about Lois and things. So um, it's yeah, sometimes it's like the spirit of the Bechdel test. But yeah, even there, I, I do. We'll, 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 we'll keep an eye out for the rest of the episode. But I, you're right. And they are specifically talking about Clark in such a intense way I, I, that at least this scene fails. We'll see what else is left. But I don't, I don't think there's many. I don't think there's any more. I don't think it's uh, well, by the portal. But they're talking about Clark there, too. I think. Yeah, <laughs> they are. She's like, we can't leave Clark behind. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. So we um, are back in the Phantom Zone, right? And it's, it's it's the Phantom Zone from Smallville. And, you know, on a TV budget, I think they did pretty good, right? They use their filters. They make stuff look green. They put a couple suns in the sky. And uh, in Smallville, the official magazine, number 31, available wherever magazines are sold, Laura Vanderbilt talks a little bit about where they film this. Quote, I was pretty amazed by the set they created. It was both on set and on location. We were just outside of Vancouver on this great industrial area that looked like it had been blown to pieces. It was very rough and dark, like you were on a moon. There was also plenty of sand, and it was shot with this cool, dark look to it. So there you go. I think that combination of the of the uh, on-location stuff is essential. Mm-hmm. I think by the time they get to season 10 and they run out of budget, the episode Dominion when Oliver and Clark get sucked there, I think it's all like inside a tent. <laughs> I think any I think any exterior stuff is like stock footage from this or or Zod from season six. Uh, but I, you know what? I, I you have to like the, as cool as the Superman movies Phantom Zone is with them trapped in a little glass. Like uh, you you have to like do something with those characters. Like where are they really? Right, and so mm-hmm. that that's what Smallville does, and I think it does. I think it does a pretty good job. What, what do you think of Smallville's uh, Phantom Zone? So I don't really remember the other, so I don't have anything to compare it to, but I don't understand where it is exactly. Is it another planet? Or is it just it's like another dimension, as I understand. Like so it's like it's like you open up, rip open space and dime and go inside another dimension. That's always been my understanding of it. So I was trying to figure out a couple of things. One, they open the shot with um the or maybe it's somewhere later on, the river of blood. Well, Which, I don't know if it's blood, but it looks oh, like is it blood. Wine. Okay. <laughs> wine. <laughs> I can decorate the set with food coloring. Well, it's just because it looks alien. You know, that's why. Well, I'm trying to figure out. But then later, oh, they were supposed to Tara gives Clark something to hide the scent of blood because they can smell blood. But there's an entire river of blood running through the town. So I did not think that they should have made that a different color. You're right. Okay. So okay. I, so I don't it think it's supposed be to be blood. blood but oh. you're absolutely right. They should have made that a different color. Uh, cause it doesn't like, it's like hell has rivers of blood. Like it's what, that's what they're going for with that. I think, uh, but that, that's true. And then why would phantoms like come after your blood? Strange. Um, that is the one thing about the small phantom zone where like, we destroyed their physical body. I'm like, well, that's a little excessive. <laughs> right. Cause there's people <laughs> and phantoms in the phantom zone. Like there's both. 
So, yeah, that's true. So do they? So when do they become phantoms? When they're being I, sent there, and why don't I, that happen to anybody else that goes there? I think only extreme punishment for people like people like Zod, people like Veora. Okay. Uh, that that's my theory. I, I I mean, originally the only reason they did this was so Zod could possess Lex back in season five. Like it's the only reason. Then mm. <laughs> now they have to live with it. And they're like, well, well, now it's fun. You can take anybody's bodies and you don't have to pay for extra acting. That is BS, by the way. We'll get into that. We'll get into that shortly. But um, <laughs> one more question. One more question. Yes. I'm just, you know, you're my guru here. So later on when Kara says that she heard rumors of, so this is all the way at the end of the episode. Right. She heard rumors about Candor still being in existence. Who did she hear this from? Like, is there a water cooler around the town? It seems like they're always running, trying not to get killed. So is there ever a place where <laughs> the phantoms or the people just congregate and chat? Does she overhear conversations? Are there friends there or like legions and people are in groups fighting off other groups? Yeah, she didn't seem to have any allies, did she? Or at no. least in that situation. Um, I like the idea of that. Like, oh, I heard because, you know, Candor surviving is its own thing in the Superman mythology. So that that, that makes sense. But like, you're right. Like, who is she? Who told her that? <laughs> you know. But we see, we, we've seen other physical people who aren't all bad in the Phantom Zone in the past, but they're not around. So I don't know. That this is where you need a character like Monel. He's a character from the comic books, and uh, he finds himself in the Phantom Zone sometimes over the course of Superman stories. He was a character on Supergirl for several seasons. I know. I liked him. There you go. So, like, that's a guy you could like do that with, right? Like, oh, hey, this is my friend Monel. He told me all. Oh, you know. So any, a second guy, a guy you have to leave behind, which kind of sucks. Right? Like mm-hmm. a guy who's going to go sacrifice himself. And I guess they kind of did that with Raya in season six. And I really don't like her character. So maybe that would have been repetitive. But so much of this is already repetitive because we've done so much of these things already. Well, that's why you're not supposed to go past seven seasons. But <laughs> You know, I sometimes if you if you tell a story again and like recombine all the elements, it can be better. Sometimes <laughs> not so much. Uh, but that you're right. We needed someone there because Carol looks like she's just this like feral, like, you know, just attacking everything she sees situation. And, and so I don't think... Uh, I don't think she was talking to many people, but we'll just we'll go with that. And of course, this is what I'm saying about Lois. Like this is like season four or five Lois, where it's like, oh my god, Clark, we're not on Earth. We've been abducted by aliens. Like I thought that I thought that was dumb. What did you think? Yeah, no, that was dumb. Agreed. Thank you. <laughs> You've come such a long way, Lois. You've been so smart and resourceful this whole season, but we can't we can't have her figure out what's going on. Like if there was ever an episode for Clark to tell Lois a secret, maybe the one where they get sucked into the Phantom Zone would have been a good time for it. But they're not going to do that this early. So, but I think as a reporter, it would have been better, more interesting to show her asking questions. Like I assume she wouldn't know where they are or what they were in, but they should show her asking questions. Like where are we? Why is it this way? Why does it look like that? How did we get here? And just start like peppering Clark or the universe with all of these questions as she's figuring things out. Yeah. Just to jump to that conclusion. Just another reason to not have her in the episode, Renee. We don't have to answer those questions if she's not there. Uh, so then we get to, uh, Chloe's trying to contact Oliver, right? Because Clark Clark and Lois are gone. She she can't, she doesn't know what's ha- happened, but uh, um, he, he's, in, he's in Venezuela right now do, doing Justice League stuff, I guess. And then uh, Davis shows up He's like, hey, what's up? And she's like, well, feels like my friends have left the planet, which is mm-hmm. truer than she knows. That's a, that's a funny pun there. Um, he has a little talk with Chloe about, you know, she said like, hey, this friend zone thing is going to kind of awkward. Why don't you keep your distance? And he's been trying to respect that. But he really needs to know where he came from because his blackouts are getting worse, Renee. Mm-hmm. So he hands her this, this file of his, they call it his family tree, but it's not a family tree. It is an adoption record. It is. She's like, your family tree looks like the Black Forest. It's not a family tree. 
You know what I'm saying? It's, Do they give that to people? Like, can you just get a printout of all of your foster homes? Or I, I, guess, don't, I, I don't, don't know. Full adoptions are just foster. I, that might not be public record. I think if you're if you are the person, like if you yourself are looking for your own history, I think you could probably get that. That's probably not a matter of public record, though. So that's probably a personal thing. Mean, he'd been in a lot. We'll take a screenshot of that. Maybe there's some cool names on there. I don't know, but he'd been through a lot of uh, a lot it's of probably foster the homes. cast and crew names. It always is, right? right. It's all the, all the same people sending people emails. <laughs> people's fun, but good on them. That's those are those are always funny streaks. That's why that's why I like I like Possum. But uh, hey, he can't find anything about the first three years of his life. Who else do we know who we don't know anything about the first three years of their life? Who just appeared out of the? He's starting to feel like he just fell out of the sky. I know that's <gasps> crazy. <gasps> yeah, I guess so. I guess it's canonical that it takes three years to get from. <laughs> Krypton to Earth. Although I, I kind of like the suspended animation thing with Superman more because I think about a baby in a spaceship for three years, food, um, mm-hmm. bathroom, like, mm. you know, like, I don't know. It's alien technology, so we'll just go with it. I think literally almost every version of Superman shows him like being a baby, putting in a rocket, it yes. crashes, and he's like a three year old. Uh, the only one that I can recall outside of the comic books, comics do like 100 origins, but. Superman, the animated series. He's like a three-year-old kid. He's playing with a little dog, Crypto, and then they put him to sleep and put him in the little rocket, and, he, and he's asleep. And I'm like, yes, that's what you do. But I'm sure, like, back in the day, like, when they were doing all these versions of Superman, they're like, people aren't going to understand that, <laughs> you know, why he needs to be older, or people aren't going to know that time passed. I'm sure that was a conversation I had at some point. But anyway, we saw Clark get put in as a baby. He pops out as a three-year-old, so... Um, and we'll see later this season in the flashback Davis origin episode that he was well attached to Clark's ship as like a genetic blob. <laughs> yes, the matter, right? The dark matter that oozes out of yeah. the <laughs> But that's where he was the first three years of his life. So Chloe's gonna help him, by the way. Of course. And then we cut back to the Phantom Zone and, and Clark's like, just keep moving. And Lois is like, I'm tired. And she's like, Well, you act like you've been here before, and he doesn't say anything because he has. Do you think they just had like fans blowing on them the whole time time that were just really they're just shouting at each other the whole time. And I get it. It's windy. It's loud. But it looked really uncomfortable. Well, it's supposed to be because it's the Phantom Zone. Right. But I think that no, that's a good that's a good point. Also, I think uh, I think they did probably have masks because the wind's always blowing their face. Like it probably is a massive fan (laughs) right in front of them, probably on wheels or something. So but that that effect really I liked how that, that, that effect really it really those little things make you feel like you're not on earth so and the color the brightness of the two suns yeah the last time i checked earth only had one sun let's keep moving lois don't let's don't think about it don't think about it so but i do like she starts to flip she's like we're gonna die you know like i, I really this was as dumb as her other stuff i was like this is very realistic like she's just cracked at this point she's like no we're gonna die like she starts loosening it and he grabs her and he's like listen nobody's gonna mess with lois and clark and i did like that quite a bit yes now has he ever said that before, Lois and Clark? I don't believe so. It's like an iconic moment. It is. Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. Yes, that's what I hear every time. <laughs> I hear that. Superman and Lois, the new adventures of Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. All right. So so then uh, Kara jumps out of nowhere. Well, we don't know it's Kara yet, but uh, a, a, a mysterious figure. Jumps out of nowhere and and jumps on Lois, knocks her out, knock out to keep Clark's secret. Poor Lois, having a bad day. And then Clark starts grappling with her and, you know, she's got this knife that she's trying to stab him with and he grabs her arm and we see that she's wearing 
her bracelet, the Supergirl bracelet with the the, you know, the S on it. And the good thing she was, or somebody would have killed somebody here. Right? Absolutely. But why would she wear the bracelet on top of her clothing and not underneath it to protect it from the elements? Perhaps it was, and then got moved in the in the struggle. <laughs> yeah, why would you want to grow on advertising, hey, I'm, I'm the House of Ill, who everyone here hates, by the way. So, either way, should not be showing that off. I would assume Brainiac would have taken that from her before he put her in the Phantom Zone. Because didn't Brain... Because when Brainiac was impersonating Kara in season seven at the end, like, didn't she have the bracelet? I guess he just replicated a bracelet. I don't remember. Yeah, I have to go back and look. I'm, I'm sure she did because, like, she always wore that thing. And that would have been a big red flag if she hadn't worn it. Maybe had they thought that through. <laughs> Kara, what happened to your bracelet? I don't know. Right? Do that. It's all, like, you know, these episodes like this, I'm always rewriting. Listen, they Our, have a week to write this episode. We can't be so critical. That's right. They had 22 scripts that churn out. All right. Seven years plus of continuity to handle. Like that. It's, it's, it's easy for me to sit here and say years later, well, you're sort of on this. But that's still not going to stop me from doing it sometimes. So uh, it's it's Kara. And uh, Clark's like, I should have known Brainiac put you here. Remember Kara, I'd be a little more pissed. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, did you try to look for me? Like, I know Clark had had a lot going on at the end of season seven, beginning of season eight, right? But still, like, it's been a while. You've settled into your new status quo at work and stuff like, hey, like, a line every every couple episodes, like, Chloe, how's looking for Kara going? We probably shouldn't give up on her. Listen, that's the kind of cousin you want to count on. (laughs) Yeah, so it turns out that Zorel built Kara a back door to get out, much like Jorel did for Clark. It's cool. You know, your, your blood will get us out of there. That's that's good continuity there. So Clark brings that up and he's like, let's get out of here. And she's like, well, I have one too, but I didn't use it because unlike you, I didn't want all the Phantom Zone criminals to come follow <laughs> me. What, what did you think of this? I loved that. I mean, I loved and hated it. One, I didn't think it was realistic. I think she would have found, she's a survivor and she would have found a way to get out of there. Um, but I loved it, her putting him in his place. He didn't know what he was doing, but but it, it, it is true. Like, it, it, it gives you a whole season of plot lines, Clark. So, and when you don't have, I get, what's the deal? I don't know what the operation of this, it's, they're very vague on the rules. It was like, oh God, somebody's close to the portal. They're going to get sucked in. People, I mean, people are watching. Maybe if you weren't wearing that bracelet, people wouldn't know who you were and you could just leave. I wonder but, if kind of like a radar or, um, not an alarm or a radar, but people can sense when it gets open, right? Yeah. Something disturbs the force. Hmm. And they can well, tell. I think that's their way of showing that Kara is like being a hero. Because at the end, Clark's like, you sacrifice yourself to spend time here to protect Earth, right? And I'm like, okay. So they want to give her that, like that, like it was her choice to stay. Although, again, they could have just said like, Clark's like, hey, guess what? I know you don't know this. But my dad will need a back door. Let's all go to the get. All go there together, and we and that's all you need. You didn't need this whole like. Well, I stayed because you really messed up last time, Clark. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Again, I just there's so many little things you could tweak in this episode. I think it'd be better. Okay, you, again, you don't need. They've knocked out Lois. You don't need her now, right? Like they're having so so the adults can talk. That's what I mean, it makes me feel like season four, Lois. Like we're having serious stuff here, Lois. Could you please be knocked out by something so we can talk? Because she can't hear all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because that would give, and then she wakes up and like, oh, hey, what's going on? Oh my God, Kara, they abducted you too. I'm surprised they had her remember everything afterwards. Well, obviously, when she gets possessed, she doesn't remember anything. Clark's excuse is like, she, oh, yeah, you just, you just fell out, fell over, and this is an acid trip dream. I'm like, yeah. 
What a hallucination. Like, this is very specific. If I were Lois, I'd be like, so what, what happened to Kara? Like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Right? I guess that's what you'd have to say if you were Clark. I'd be like, no. And then if I were Lois, I'd be like, so what did happen to Kara? <laughs> I haven't seen her in a few months. Ah, uh, she moved back to Minnesota. So, I don't know. Um, but but Clark's like, why are you acting like this? And it's like, Clark, she's been in the Phantom Zone for, for months. She's like, you'd act like this too if you're here more than a day. I'm like, you're damn right. I am with Kara on that. That's like... <laughs> but she was cold i mean it really affected her right so one day is supposed to be like a million years or something in intensity um oh maybe was... I, don't, I don't yeah who knows I, but did it... they not say that and i feel like i definitely heard that somewhere one day is not just a day one day feels like a really really long time so if she's there for months it's more like years or decades um and so everything impacts you much harder and so you're, that's why you're... she's you're right. In season 10, they do say the, the passage of time. They confirm that in the small version. Like, I think it's Clark and Oliver gone for like a day and they're like, it's been like two months or something. So there, it is weird about, again, time and space. It's another dimension. Mm-hmm. So that's why it all works all weird like that. And, uh, so yeah, so who knows how long she's really been there. Um, and I, I wonder where she got all that armor and some, she killed someone and took their... I was wondering armor. that. Well, we see that alien corpse, you know, that Lois sees earlier and something. Maybe that's, maybe she took it off somebody like that. Wow. Well, I couldn't tell if it looked like an alien or a per- I just thought it looked like a person who was dead for a long time. You know, I did too, but I just like maybe I just gave it some credit. I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be an alien. I go, <laughs> so I mean, maybe Clark's that's why she was so freaked human, out. <laughs> you know, you got me there. Clark is an alien and he likes humans, so you got me there. Um, so we cut back to uh, Oliver on his plane because he's always on his plane now because he doesn't have his apartment set anymore because it's now the Ace of Club set. And yes, I will keep bringing that up in every episode. It's just funny. I should do an all. Maybe I should do an Oliver plane count. Like how many times we see him on his plane. I think I might institute that because that's getting annoying. I think we are. I think we're like three episodes in. I, if I'm correct, <laughs> we're. It reminds us that he's wealthy. Yeah, <laughs> so we're, we're we're at three so far. I'll, I'll do a little math on that. Next time, next episode, I'll have a better. Uh, I'll have a better number for that. But I think we're at three for the uh, whatever I'm going to call the Oliver's plane. Um, and he's looking through some Luther Corp files. Oh, what could that be? He's doing his Justice League business. Oh, I was wondering. So I finally, on the third viewing, I realized that the files had names and it had something to do with um, blood vials or something. I didn't catch it. So I was wondering if you did a screenshot of that. I will. Okay. <laughs> but I, I didn't exactly <laughs> catch you there. I, and that just that goes to show you like he's, he's hunting for Lex. Mm. Like that, that's his deal uh, right now. Uh, even though nobody knows about it, that, that's kind of what he's up to because he knows he's alive out there somewhere. So Chloe comes on the plane and and tells Oliver that Clark and Lois are missing, and he's like, "Oh, maybe they're just working." <laughs> and she's like, "No, I checked everywhere." Um, and then she she pulls out Clark's crystal, and she's like, "It's Clark's crystal. It's his tie to his Kryptonian heritage." It's funny how she said that. And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. You're talking about the octagonal disc. I don't know what this is. <laughs> you know, they they're acting like, oh yeah, this is his thing." Like he's never had, he had this once in season four and threw it and became the fortress. Hmm. And they're acting like this thing is the octagonal disc. That would be a more apt description for that, in my opinion. So I, uh, I, I really liked Oliver here. He's like, when it comes to Clark's uh, that, <laughs> I still are clear. <laughs> like, yeah, he's more of a, he's not about that alien life. He's about Justice League stuff. I like that. I like his reaction to all this stuff. But like I said, I, I off the top, I, I forgot he was in this episode. Like totally, but then when she tells him, like, okay, well, there's this thing you can activate it. I can hack it. Uh, he's like, I don't know, Chloe. She's like, well, Tess Mercer's the one who has it. And he's like, oh, why didn't you just say that? 
Percy. And then I thought, oh, yeah, that's when he shows up in her bed and he's naked because he gets caught. Nope, that's a later episode. <laughs> so it's funny how your, your memory com- uh, conflates all these things. <laughs> it's almost like they do the same thing a lot on this show. <laughs> no. no, not at all. So so then we go back to the Phantom Zone. Uh, after all, we're like, he's going to go steal the thing so Chloe can hack it and, and mm-hmm. get Clark out of the Phantom Zone, which again, like Clark can get out of the Phantom Zone. Like it's like they're actually like, this is his only that? way out. Or does she remember that? I'm sure Clark told her at some point, right? Because he all he got to do is go to the. I mean, yeah, you want to get him out, but they act like, oh no, this is his only. But no, all he's got to do is go to a little portal and put his hand on it with some blood. Um, I think they for I don't they didn't forget that because he mentions it in the episode. Like they're sitting there with a way out. <laughs> yeah, they but w- they don't know if he's in trouble. She doesn't know. Maybe he got hurt somewhere along the line and he can't get to the portal. That's she's fair. the savior in this episode. That's that they is save true. each other. That is what they do. That is what they do. That is except what if you're Kara and then they just leave you behind. <laughs> they just leave you behind. Oh, I'm sure she's fine. Uh, but yeah, in in the previously on, he 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 asks Brainiac like, "What'd you do with Kara? Like, you kill her?" He's like, "Oh no, something much worse." And the Clark's like, "Well, guess there's something I can do." This. <laughs> You hear you hear that about your cousin. You're like, well, I got a job with the Daily Planet now. That's none of my concern. <laughs> I got to sit across the desk from Lois. Yeah. <laughs> That's way more fun. So speaking of Lois, we go back to the, the Phantom Zone, and this is where she's like, well, I guess the Kent Farmer's Ground Zero for alien abductions. I'm like, Lois, stop. Stop. I just, I don't know. All that stuff just, just, just rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> but the... Um, they go to the portal. It's a little different than the other portal. They kind of built a whole set around it, probably because it's cheaper to... They've obviously redressed the Fortress of Solitude for this, which is fine. Mm-hmm. They, they redress that a lot in this show, and I think they do a pretty good job. Like they, It's all dark, and the crystals are black, and so that, that, that tracks. I like that a lot. And we've established it's a different portal, so that's why it looks different than the one from Season 6, because it's a different one. And Lois is like, no, I'm going to stay here with Clark. I'll let you guys go first. And Clark's like, no, 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 you go first. I'm, I'm going to be right behind you. I was like, no, you're not. Because Kara and, and, and Clark have argued about this. Clark's like, we got to send her back. She's like, we're not going to send her back. It's going to open a portal. And Clark's like, no, she's not like us. we got to send her back. So I like how they've like agreed, like, look, we're going to at least send her back to Earth. Like, that was the plan. We're going to open this portal. Lois is going to go back. And then Clark and Kara will, I guess, stay in the Phantom Zone. I don't really understand the purpose of that. I guess I know they want to fight off the Phantom so they don't go through the portal, but they don't all have to stay. Or, I mean, the, both of them don't have to stay. And now you have two super-powered uh, super people like Inkara and Clark who could fight them instead of last time when it was just Clark. So mm-hmm. I think they're more prepared now than Clark was. It's, again, this whole thing, like it should have been like Clark found Kara in the Phantom. Clark's there by himself. He found Kara in the Phantom Zone. They fight. The, they have some of it. They fight their way through. Like, oh, there's Fayora. They fight, you know, they meet her. He finds out who she is there. And then they, they work their way back to his, you know, his escape hatch. And then Fayora possesses Kara. And that's the rest of the episode. And then Laura Vanderbilt has more to do than just be stuck under a pillar. Because what happens here, you know, Clark is presumably outside, you know, fighting people off. And, and, and of course, he has no power, so he's not that successful. Because these wraiths are very powerful, these zoners, right? Um so Kara activates the thing, and Lois is like, "I don't know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta wait for Clark." She's like, "Nope, <laughs> you're going to the thing." <laughs> Which good on Lois. She's like, I'm, "I don't." She wouldn't. I like how she doesn't want to just leave him back there, and it's it's annoying for their plan, but it's realistic. And she would be kind of cold hearted to just be like, "Okay, peace out." So I'm yeah. glad she reacts that way. No, she's definitely a team player. Yeah, I think like she thinks she's looking out for him. 
right? That's that's the whole thing about that's the the, the fun dynamic. She thinks like, well, yeah. I gotta look out for this guy because he can't he can't. <laughs> get by without Except me. Except she wants it to walk around with him. What I loved is it's the first time she admitted that he had muscles, right? So when Kara wants to go there, she's like, no, I think I'll stay with him and his, what did he say? His mean his right strong hook. right hook or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, she noticed. So Lois has a weird line here about the portal. She, she says, this is our DeLorean? She's, isn't what she says? That's what I, I couldn't quite, because it's all the shh. I'm like, like, what did she say? I think she says this is our DeLorean because she's surprised that it's back like Back to the Future. Yeah, it's a Back to the Future reference. I'm like, this is not time travel. Okay, this is <laughs> this is dimensional travel. Like, this is some okay, pop well, culture she doesn't reference. No, they didn't give her a whole like glossary or explanation on what was happening. Well, I don't, I don't know if that was, I, I don't know what they were thinking there because you know when she goes through the portal, where she wake up on some train tracks, just like Back to the Future Part Three. So maybe that was intentional. Mm. I don't know. We, we even saw a train go by, and I'm like, oh, I get it. I know what's going to happen. A train's going to hit her when she's possessed, and it's going to blow up. And she's like, yeah. Like, if this was, like, season three and they had the budget, absolutely. A train would have shown up on those tracks, would have been smashed by Feyora possessing Lois, and would have been, like, the the the, the, the act out, right? The, anyway. I just got, I got to rewrite this whole episode. I have so many ideas. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway. What fan fiction is for. Is, that's right. This is, If there are certain <laughs> episodes, like, I'll flag them, like, but I feel like it could be so much better with these tweaks, right? So... Like I said, Kara kind of just shoves Lois through the portal. But then who we find out later is Feyora flies in this phantom. And she, it's actually a pretty good stunt and special effect. She like picks up Kara and like throws her through some pillars and it collapses on her and goes through the portal. I thought that was I thought that was pretty impressive there. Sure. And then Kara's stuck there for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Until Clark saves her. That's true. That was a, that was a good moment. We'll, we'll get there. But then uh, so Lois wakes up on these train tracks, like I said, Back to the Future 3 style. She gets up, she's looking around, and you hear like, <laughs> and then you see this phantom just possess her. So possession count plus one. This is dumb. This is why I don't like this. This is why I mentioned that Kara should be possessed. You know how you know how much work Brainiac had to do in season five to get like Lex's body ready to be possessed by Zod. Like you know, like like he like injected him with stuff and prepared him with stuff. And like Brainiac's original plan was Zod was going to possess Clark. In season, because it's like, yeah, you're a Kryptonian. I can take over your body. That makes sense. Okay. But like, it's like here, it's like, no, you can just, phantoms can just fly into people now <laughs> and possess well, them. Maybe one was supposed to be a long-term possession, right? So permanent, you have to have a body that can withstand the phantomness um, and keep going. But if it's just short-term usage, rental, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then you don't have to worry about it deteriorating over time. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Feora, after she takes over Lois's body, she looks in like a car mirror and she's like, well, this will do. So, uh, But it won't do because clearly she stops at a salon in between the train tracks and the hospital. She shows up with the presidential wife hair. <laughs> Can we talk about this? Why? She gets glammed up. For what 100%. purpose? I was like, "Where? she has to look good. Yeah, well, she's excited to see her son for the first time. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to look good for my son. It's, it's so great because, like, obviously... Everyone is beautiful on this show. Mm. Very good looking people. Very good fashion. Very great hair and makeup. But even this is like a step beyond. <laughs> with, with it, she's like, she's getting ready to go to a wedding or something, you know? 
But I love it because it's how, you know, that's how they differentiate characters when they're being possessed by other people. It's very subtle differences. It can't be so extreme that people don't recognize it, but it has to be enough so that the audience knows that this is a different character. Yeah. And her hair was definitely a more mature style. It really is like the presidential candidate or the presidential candidate's wife sort of hairdo. That's, that's a good a way to put it. a lot more regal. Yeah. This is just your headshot photo for your Fortune 500 company. So. So Lois uh, as Fiora or Fiora as Lois, I guess I should say, she's in the Daily Planet basement going through all the archives, you know, doing her speed read uh, and looking for her son. Uh, Tess shows up down there. She says, look who decided to show up to work today. Again, what day is it? What time is it? Why is Tess in the basement? I guess she saw Lois Lane was here and. Because she had heard that Lois and Clark were gone from Chloe, and maybe she, maybe that's why right, she went right, there. Right, because she went to go see. Yes, she heard that they were gone. I assume it was that morning. Is it not the same day? You know, time works differently in the Phantom Zone, Ronin. So <laughs> I don't know. Why would Lois be moving? That's a, you move on a day you don't work, and it, with the reporters, different schedules. Oh, gosh, Who knows? Yeah. Again, just too much going on in this episode. That's that's my point, right? So. Tess finds out a lot of information from mm. Fiora here. She just gives her a total exposition dump, which is, I guess she has nothing to hide. Uh, so she's just like, oh, well, I'm looking for my son who came here in a Kryptonian, uh, uh, attached to a Kryptonian spaceship in a genetic chamber and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, now we know who she is and what she's looking for and who's, what she's all about. So what was she looking up in the newspaper archives? Was it was she looking for a crash landing to try and figure out where or who her son was? And how much does she know about Earth and everything that happens there? And like, does she know that they don't know anything about Krypton or does she assume that they do know? <laughs> yeah, maybe she thought her son was there just ruling over everything maybe by now. I, I, I don't know, because there would not be any record of the spaceship crashing in Smallville, right? That's all conspiracy theory. All right, there's the meteor shower. It's I don't know what she found out in the archives there that gave her any information. Okay. Maybe what what Tess well Tess is like, well, I'm looking for a Kryptonian crystal myself. <laughs> She's trying to like, let's work together. Hey, there you go. Oh, I guess they're talking about her son. I was like, hey, Bechtel Tess here, but like I guess they're talking about her son, right? So is that not Oh, yes. Eh, yeah, and it's all in relation it. to her being a mother. I all right, fair I enough. Like I, I defer to the guest. So if you say it fails, I will go with that. But Fayora sees right through Tess trying to manipulate. She's like, "Wow, well, we, we we trying to trying to manipulate me here? Like, I, 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 you're useless to me." And she super speeds out. I really the, the best part about the scene though is is Cassidy Freeman's expression <laughs> when she sees her super speed out. She's like, "Oh, <gasps> like it was a really good expression." I still like. I don't understand. I don't know what's going through Tessa's mind. Like, what is she thinking? What does she really know about Clark? I think it's not everything because she's always guessing. And what does she think about Lois? Like, does she understand that she was possessed? I mean, she gives her that raise later. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. I don't understand the like, purpose of the raise. Wow, you really stood up to me down there. It's like, I, I, she must know something. She must have known Lois was not herself. Yeah, I don't know what Tess thought of any of this. It doesn't really make any sense. Giving her the raise doesn't make sense unless she's just trying to get her kind of in her pocket, assuming that maybe one day she'll remember part of that. Perhaps. Like really the information. Yeah, she, she, she's playing 3D chess over here, clearly. Uh, but yeah, they, they wanted they wanted that scene to happen. 
well, I mean, that informs what Tess, I guess, confronts Clark about later. Like, I, I don't know. But you didn't need this scene at all, really, because I don't think Farrah finds anything out. But I, I guess you need it. Like, Farrah needs to go find, I guess she, well, she finds Chloe, and that's how she finds Davis. So maybe she but found out about Chloe. How did she quit Chloe. that together? Does she know what he looks like? When she left him, he was dark matter. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I, I, I have some thoughts on that. But, yeah, she was genetic matter. <laughs> anyway. So we go back to the Phantom Zone, and Kara is, she's badly injured under this pillar, right? And Clark can't, you know, get it off of her. And she's like, oh, you should go, you should go. And he's like, no, I'm not going to leave you, right? So like, okay, good. I, I like that quite a bit. Like, you again, you could have done all this without... Like, this is I want to focus on this. Like I want like Clark and, and, and Kara together. You know, I it's just it's that but what I thought was gonna be the A plot becomes like the C plot in this episode. Like Supergirl's back. And it's like, oh yeah, that's going on. But also, Fayora's talking to Davis and Chloe has this crystal she's trying to get, and this it kind of becomes an afterthought at that point. So that was to me that was disappointing. So Yeah. I love it when they explore family bonds. And I think that would have been nice to see between Clark and Kara. Um, especially as how since his world's expanding and you have all these evil parts of his alien side coming out, it would have been nice to see the good parts too. Yeah, and they didn't you know, they never had that much time together last season. <laughs> because he showed up and they were like angry at each other. Like she was like suspicious of him and you know, he, he was questioning where she came from. And then they have like, you know, they probably had two or three good episodes together, you know, as a family or whatever. And then she gets thrown off to Detroit and gets her memory erased and doesn't have any powers. And then by the time she comes back, she gets kidnapped by Brainiac and then gets thrown in the Phantom Zone. So she carries out a rough time of it. Yeah, she's got a rough life. I have a whole thought. I, I don't know how much you've discussed this, the whole thought process on Kara. Or maybe we talked about this last time. I can't recall. Um I just think her life is so sad. I mean, the sole purpose really of her life is to protect Clark. What kind of value is that to know no, that your I mean, parents was, only wanted one thing of you? Well, when he was a baby and she was a teenager, never quite old, quite, quite sure old she is actually on the show. Yeah, I mean that, that that's at the end. Like she's talking about how like you know she was meant to you know protect him, not the other way around. So, so we uh. Go back to their apartment in the Talon, and Chloe gets this text from um, from Oliver uh, to Watchtower because that's her designation, and he's moving in on the target. Right? Um, I did like the music here. The music is very like, "Hey, Lois is possessed." This is a horror movie now. I, mean, I thought that was like it set the mood nicely about that. And um, Chloe like hugs Lois, and she's like, "You're, you're not Lois." <laughs> like she figures it out, right? <laughs> and then she says, "I needed her vessel." Which is, of course, the season five episode title where Zod possesses Lex. So that's some good terminology there. She's like, "Well, who who are you?" <laughs> She's like, "I'm Feyora, wife of Zod." Like, okay, dum dum. Noted. Um, but this is so contrived because remember how Davis had stopped him, like, "Hey, can you look into my family history?" And yes. Chloe's like, "Oh, sure, yeah. Here's a folder." She's carrying around her Davis folder when she happens to encounter Feyora here as Lois and then Fayora starts choking her because she's like tell me where my son is she thinks Chloe knows something right so she's telling me where my son is Chloe's like I can't breathe and she drops the folder and it has the picture of Davis and Fayora looks down at it and says oh thank you you told me everything I need to know and she super speeds off it's like what like that is so contrived so how did she find Chloe through the Daily Planet archives no doubt 
But why would she go there? Uh, because it's the greatest metropolitan <laughs> newspaper. <laughs> no, I mean, why would she go to Chloe? Like, through the archives, does it say just because Lois and she are related? She doesn't care about Lois. It's just a vessel. Yeah. Does she know that she doesn't know who her son is? Maybe she's, hmm. Does she have any memories of Lois? I don't think, they, they seem rather separate. Like, she seems to not know anything about Lois's life. Like, at the end, she's like, oh, you like this person. <laughs> at the end, like, she would know that. I don't know. It's, it's contrived is what it is. It's like, how do we get this character from point A to point B? And then again, you don't have Lois in this episode. You have Kara get possessed, and then she can do all this stuff. And, and she just leaves the Phantom Zone and goes and finds Davis because she might know what he looks like. Now, let's talk about the picture. She's like, you're a spitting image of your father. The original plan was Sam Whitmer was going to play Zod in season nine. That was their whole grand idea. And I actually got to talk to Sam Whipper about that on a few episodes ago on our episode on Plastique, his first appearance on the show. And he talks about how, like, yeah, like, I didn't think that was a good idea, and we got out of it, and I think the show is better for it. And I agree. That would have felt so lazy. Like, oh, let's let's recycle this actor. And, like, maybe, maybe they would have given him a goatee or something. I don't know, to differentiate them. But you have this whole season with this guy as this character, and then to bring him back as somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, like a soap opera. Yeah. Yeah, just, which I love, but it's always weird. <laughs> I I think they did the right thing uh, for for across the board. Like, because I really like Callum Blue as, as Zod. He's like kind of a young Terrence Stampish guy. Um, and now he's always on Hallmark. By the way, every time I see his name pop up and I see him <laughs> in his various characters, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Zod. No, he plays an entirely <laughs> different character on every Hallmark movie. There's so many of these these actors from those Hallmark movies that you know. Ever gotta go, go check out Always on Arrow and they talk about the Arrow stars who've been on Hallmark <laughs> movies. I'll have yeah. to. Uh, I don't know. No, maybe we'll talk about some Smallville Hallmark stuff one day. We'll see. We'll see. So, but yeah, I, I've seen Callum Blue pop up on the, <laughs> the on the Hallmark stuff every now and then as well. So that's what they were going for, and and because of that, that's how Feyre recognizes him. Mm-hmm. So now, considering how Zod doesn't look like that, like I guess they're two white dudes who like have short black hair. Like that's the the like I wouldn't say you're the spitting image of your father at that point, especially because like it's been. I, I don't know. Like this is a, again, it's a plot hole. It's like, oh, he, I, I, he must. I'm gonna go follow whatever this. I guess his picture had like his the hospital information on there or something, and that's why she needed to go to the hospital. It's just very, it's very flimsy, Renee. Uh, well, I guess if she saw his name anywhere on that form, then she could have looked it up somewhere and knew where to find him. Yeah, then then she should have gone to the Daily Planet. Here's what you do: you have Chloe find Lois, all confused, and brings her home. Right. And then, yeah, I don't know. Again, you start rewriting stuff because there's plot holes there. But anyway, it's contrived. And that's how Fiora finds Davis at the hospital. But before we get there, we got Green Arrow breaking into Luther Mansion with um, the superhero landing. Superhero oh, landing. Oh. Yep. No bow and arrow, though, by the way. We, we, <laughs> we, we rarely see him with his signature weapon. Look, he wasn't going to need it in this situation, but still. He's the green arrow. He should have. You never there. know if he's gonna need it, right? So he um he comes on down, and and luckily that thing's in the Luther Library, so he just packs it up and, and Tesla's the gun on him. She's like, "This is not the day to mess with me." <laughs> I I've like already how, dealt with Lois. <laughs> I don't need you. I like how the voice changer's back. He's like, "Oh, hey there!" Like, like because we, we've fallen off him using that, considering he's always around mm-hmm. people he knows, but it's cool. To, I mean, his test knows him almost better than anybody, right? So she would recognize him. So that was great that he had the, the voice changer. I always love it when he's got the, I'm the green arrow, the voice changer. Um, <laughs> Tess, another great line. 
getting blood uh, getting blood out of leather can be a bitch. I thought that was a hilarious line. I could just see that being part of one of their commercials, right? The CW commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but small little tonight it tonight it's seven. I don't know. But it, it's it's interesting. I, it's infinitely more interesting because of the history that you know that Oliver and Tess have, and he's there as the Green Arrow stealing something from her, um, and then he just throws a kind of a, a paralyzing dart at her. So I'm going to count this as an ejection count because it's literally a dart that injected paralyzing agent into her. So that's an ejection count plus one. Gives her a little paralysis. He's like, "Oh, don't worry, you'll be back to your cheerful self soon." So here's also what what I wonder because if I would have thrown an injection dart at someone. I then would have hoped whatever was inside would go inside their body and then I would pull the dart out so they don't have that to hold on to, right? Because we know Lex would have taken that and have all of his scientists analyze that and trace it back to whoever used it. So I assume Tess would do the same. And if he's trying to keep his identity a secret, you'd think would he would collect his stuff, like collect your shells, collect your darts. That is an arrows. excellent point. I totally agree. Uh, <laughs> that's just shoddy work on Oliver's part. Like, oh, this is from Queen Industries. <laughs> I wonder who the Green Arrow could be. So he just, you know, gently puts her down on the couch. <laughs> He's like, I'll see myself out. <laughs> and then he runs out with the with the device. And poor Tess. Again, have, have, Lois is having a bad day. Tess is also having a bad day. You know, everyone's having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is small. I guess that's usually everybody. That's how these plots work. That's how these stories work. Everybody's having a bad day usually, but. It just really compounded. (laughs) If the Phantom Zone is involved in an episode, it can't be a good day. (laughs) So Lois, uh, as we discussed, uh, Fiora as Lois has has found Davis. Not only has she found where he works, she just found where he is. He's just treating people coming in from the ER and stuff like that. And uh, it's it's really funny that he's he's treating some you know little kid, right? I love the scene. And then some she she tries to go up to Davis, and some doctor is like, "Man, man, man, please, you can't go there." She's like, "But that's." That's my son, and he lets he lets her through, and he thinks he's he's talking about she. He thinks she's talking about the little kid. She's talking about Davis. So good. I loved it. All she had to say was "my beautiful boy," but she didn't. That's <laughs> my beautiful boy. There you go. I call back to our last episode. That's right. That's right. So this is very strange because like Lois comes up to him and he's like, "Hey, Lois, what are you doing here?" And and she's like. Are you not the cause of all that human carnage? Is that not your doing? Like, I do like how her her speech patterns are at least a little weird, mm-hmm. like alien. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then she gives him a hug. She's like, I'm your mother. <laughs> and he, again, facial expressions on point. Like, I loved his, like, what the? F- <laughs> Someone took a hit of something. On yeah. The break. <laughs> that's, and again, it, it, I think, I don't know. It's it's weird for Davis because he knows who Lois is. And maybe that's why this works. But I'm thinking if it was Karen, some stranger, that might be more interesting. Maybe it's more or less interesting. I don't know. Um, no, I think it works because because it's Lois. He knows, one, generally that Lois isn't crazy and doesn't think all these things. So it's like, what happened here? Why is she speaking this way? This is weird. If it was a stranger, he would just think they had a mental illness or something. Yeah, that's true. It's like, well, I, I guess Chloe did a great job finding him. My family was <laughs> like this morning. I dropped out that file and here's my mom. So we, we cut to uh, the ISIS Foundation. Chloe is there working with the uh, the disc Oliver has brought her. And he's like, Phantom Zone, huh? Who names this stuff? I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but then Chloe has to drop a Lobot talking about Lois. I'm like, she's not a cyborg. That's inappropriate. Pop culture reference, Lobot is Lando Calrissian's right-hand guy in Cloud City. And the Empire Strikes Back. I know her name is Lois, but she's not a robot. 
Uh, Lobot is what you would call Lois as a robot, and she is an alien right now. So I don't one too many pop culture. Yeah, that went right there. over my head. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's where they. I assume that's where they came from, right? So anyway, and this is in the line. I thought came in like season ten when like Oliver and uh, Chloe were dating. She was like, "Do I tell you how to shoot your arrows?" Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I'm like, "Oh, that's cute," but I seen that gif around everywhere. I'm like, "Oh, that must be from when they're dating, right?" And I'm like, no, that's here in season eight. But see how uh, they're just building. This episode is all about building foundations for the future. They are just planting the seeds. I know you don't really think that. <laughs> no i love that line i think it's building their friendship which i love even more than like romantic relationships well they've been they've been doing a lot you know off off screen she's been working for him and this so they have this rapport it makes sense they would have this rapport but he's like how are you gonna hack into that you don't have like a computer or anything and that's she's like hey do i tell you i shoot your arrows and she just sticks her hands out and becomes brainiac Okay, but just to be fair, I don't really understand how she's doing this. Now, I get it's alien technology. So are they just using advanced Wi-Fi before Wi-Fi was a thing? Like, I guess in alien worlds, Wi-Fi was a thing. Yeah, I thought she communicating. I didn't know how far they're going to take this Brainiac thing. Obviously, they've been they've been slowly showing how she's becoming more and more Brainiac. Right. Uh, I thought perhaps that some tendrils will come out of her hand and she like hook into the thing. You know, I don't I don't know. That would have made more sense because you're like, what what is she doing? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like, like it's I, Wi-Fi before Wi-Fi was a thing. She's literally just connecting. Yeah. And they're using the device as well. So there's like those other thing at play. I really like Oliver's reaction to this because he starts, he's all joking around and stuff. And he's like, oh, he quickly sees that it's getting pretty serious. So uh, he, he stops that. Uh, he tries to stop her. Like right? she gets a nosebleed and her eyes turn all white. Your pupils are gone. He's like, okay, that's enough. We're done here. And she just shoves him out of the way. I love that. <laughs> just effortlessly, effortlessly shoves him out of the way. Um, and she's, you know, searching for Clark. So then we get, we get Clark and Kara in the, in the Phantom Zone again. And uh, Clark, and he can't move these giant pillars. He doesn't have any powers, right? He's, you know, so it's, Kara's going to be stuck there. So Kara like wipes her blood on his hands. Like here, why don't you just go take the portal? He's like, no, I'm not going to leave you. And, you know, he's a, and I thought about the Batman Superman because he tells her, "You are my home. You're my family." I'm like, "Oh, Smallville is the blueprint." Remember Batman Superman? He tells Lois, "Like you are my world." Huh? No. Smallville, you are my home. I thought it was great. That's a good, like he says, like you're, you, you, you make me feel like I belong. I'm like that's good stuff. That's good stuff right there. I really like. It's, again, they didn't really get to spend a lot of time together enough on the show to form that bond. But I, I really, I think Tom really did a great job here. Like he starts to cry and all that stuff. Like I, I thought it was great. Very emotional. Because while they're having this conversation, uh, Chloe's like zoning in on Clark, <laughs> you know, and 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 uh, pulling him away, right through this other. That's the thing. There's another portal. That's just like I know guys... competing portals. It's just they're setting extra deadlines that are unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like there's a portal right in front of him. Then there's a portal right behind him that's sucking him in the other way, like like into the into the sky. And he's like, yeah, Carol, like I'm not gonna leave you here to, to rot away in the Phantom Zone because she was like, ah, I, I was meant to sacrifice myself. And to protect you, and that's what I'll do. And he's like, oh, don't do that. And it takes her, I don't know how to really understand her thinking here. She really takes her a long time to grab his hand and follow him. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to grab immediately and get out of here. I, I... I know, it's two things. Either she was in the Phantom Zone for so long that she just lost all hope. Or you would think she was there for so long, she'd just be desperate to get out. But I think she just lost all hope. That, or the way her family raised her, is that she doesn't really value herself. She's really just there to help Clark. Well, yeah, as we talked about in the last episode, you were on, uh, her family is terrible. <laughs> so I mean, that's that that's might be might be a factor, but um, 
But she grabs on the Clark and, and they both get uh, pulled back through the portal that Chloe opened somehow by using the Fortress Assault to Crystal. And, you know, I did I did criticize the Crystal for not being able to do that in the past. But if you think back to season five, what did they do in the Fortress of Solitude? They open a portal to the Phantom Zone. And then later on this season, they open another portal to the Phantom Zone when Clark thinks about sending Davis there. So I rescind my comment <laughs> about that's not what it does. I give you credit for credit is due, Smallville. But they show up and uh, Chloe makes a joke about uh, Clark sneaking something through customs, which is a funny line, but like now's not the time for that. This is serious business that just occurred. <laughs> so Clark asks Chloe about Lois and he's like, well, is she okay? She's like, no, far from it. <laughs> She's been possessed by Feyora. Does that name mean anything to you, right? So Clark, he tells Kara to like, go find Detective John Jones and ask him for his crystal Mm-hmm. He'll know what you mean. Can we can we talk about this for a second? Because yes. think all the way back to season seven, right? Cure, I think, was the episode. Last time they interacted, they did not like each other because Martian Manhunter like arrested Zorel at some point, her dad, and they like Martian Manhunter told Clark he couldn't trust her, and Kara ran off because she thought Clark trusted Martian Manhunter over her. Like I don't think they thought that through. Like season eight has been really good about continuity, right? Mm-hmm. I think they forgot that Martian Manhunter and Kara don't like each other. <laughs> Like, if I were Clark, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to go find it. That's another thing, right? If I'm Clark, I'm like, I'm going to go find Detective John Jones. I'll be back and send Kara to fight Feyara. Again, giving Kara something more to do in the episode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I guess she's already really off the show, so he's got to be the star. Yeah, but, like, this is her highlight episode. Like, they, they like they brought her back specifically. So, like, that's that, that's the issue I have with it. Like, it's like, you you again, you're not using her. I, and I get you want Clark to like appeal to Lois, but it's not really Lois. It's Feora. Like there's nothing to to barter with there. But again, huge thing they forgot that Martian Manhunter and Kara do not like each other, and that was never resolved. So if I'm Martian Manhunter and I see her ask for that, I'm like, whoa! I'm gonna he, he's gonna use that crystal on her. Send her back to <laughs> send her back to the Phantom Zone. You know. So anyway, maybe they wanted the scene with her holding the crystal. Yeah, or but, they just wanted Clark and Lois rolling around on top of the ambulance. Maybe, maybe that was part of the part of the thing. And you know what? I, I say that she does save the day at the end with the crystal, right? And that's probably want to give her that hero moment. And mm-hmm. if Clark had to save her instead of the other way around, you know, look, this, 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 this episode needed a couple of passes, a couple more passes in the writers' room, is my opinion. Okay, so first draft, there's some good ideas here. <laughs> okay, well, we'll we'll see when we give our grades at the end. Um, back at the hospital, uh, Fiora's telling uh. Davis, like, look at the spinning image on your father. I'm like, oh, well, that explains why Sam Whitmer's going to come back as Zod next season. Not. Um, Davis thinks Lois is high. <laughs> He's like, so what'd you take, Lois? <laughs> yeah. To your point, that does work that he knows Lois. Like, that that mm-hmm. vibe works this way. But but she's, she said that before they were phantoms, that, that Zod and Fair couldn't even have kids, and that's when they created Davis, a.k.a. Doomsday, to be Earth's ultimate destroyer he was he was made from uh, the genetic matter of krypton's most powerful life forms and he would evolve over time into earth's ultimate destroyer so that's one way to do doomsday's origin i don't know if like you're kind of universe shrinking there if general zod grades doomsday but uh for smallville's purposes i guess that works huh yeah I don't know how, I don't really remember the story of Doomsday. <laughs> well, I really just remember him from the season. Well, he is a Kryptonian lab experiment. So like that, that works, right? I mean, he's from, that was a big reveal later. Like he's not just some monster and they, they send him out into space. Like you, you want to see a good Doomsday, everybody go check out Krypton, the TV show. Highly recommend it. They do a whole Doomsday origin story there. But the whole thing is about like, you know, a, a duty of a child is to continue the legacy his parents began. Yes. Can I just say, if we're going to talk about philosophy that, 
I have such difficulty with that statement. I think in so many of these show, superhero shows, they really talk about destiny and fulfilling your legacy and all of that. And I just find it to be the most selfish thing. I mean, people have children for many selfish reasons, but to say they're there to to be in their image or to continue their legacy does not really give your child any freedom. And that is the most selfish thing that you can do. No, they're their own person. You create something, you really don't have control over how it's going to turn out. No, Rush absolutely. It. And I think that's one of the that's one of the greater strengths of Smallville as a show or explores that, right? Because Clark, you know, versus Lex, right? Nature versus nurture, what your family wants to encourage you slash control you or, or form you into their ideal version of you or, or, or a better version of yourself and all those sorts of things. So yeah, and it, it's good that, you know, you, she's the villain. <laughs> so it makes sense for her to have that <laughs> mentality. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. Like that's that's a that's a terrible mindset of like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, you, it's your duty to do what I wanted to do and feeling like, oh, that's, that's awful. And you know, that's like I said, that's a theme of the, that's even though the Luthers are all gone, but they're still carrying that theme through the show, um, through Davis here. So, but then, uh, Favor's pretty disappointed that he's too weak to fulfill his destiny. And she just pulls a rail off a of bed and just stabs him right through the chest. I think that's the first time someone's actually died from an injury on Smallville, right? <laughs> Normally he could be stabbed in the chest and he would just end up in the hospital. And be better well, a day later with no scars. She stabbed him all the way through. It's very similar to how Davis himself kills Henry James Olsen at the end of the season. So it's like poetry. It rhymes. And she tells him, that which kills you makes you stronger. And that's true. That is Doomsday from the comics. Like the whole experiment thing with him was like scientists kept experimenting on him and killing him and he'd keep coming back. And that's why he's so powerful. Because if he's died from something before, he, that can't kill him again. Which explains the last oh. scene of this episode, which is like, what is that all about? Okay, Con I understand. Confirming to him the powers, but also being like, yeah, this is how Doomsday works. So there's, you know, even though it's a new interpretation, they are keeping the spirit of, of how that, like, you actually said, why is Doomsday indestructible? It's like, because he's died from all these different things before. Uh, so, so, and I, I assume Davis had not died before, <laughs> you know, on this show. So that's a new experience for him. So... Then uh, her, her work there is done. <laughs> she just leaves him to bleed out there on the floor. She's walking down the hallway and then Clark shows up. He's like, hey, I've been looking for you. And uh, this is what she tells Clark. Zod may be gone, but our creation will destroy this world. I'm like, oh, Zod's gone? I thought Clark sent him back to the Phantom Zod. That's what people, like people. But that's something that, you know, we we'd always speculate about back when the show was on after he sent Zod back to the Phantom Zone in season six. It's like, um, is he dead? Is he just a phantom again? Like, and... Apparently, Pharaoh, he's quote unquote gone. Yeah, but gone could mean anything. But would she have left him if he was the Phantom in the Phantom Zone? Would she have left him? Yeah, because they're villains. Come to Earth. Oh, yeah. Villains have loyalty to each other. <laughs> well, maybe he got he maybe the Phantom Zone works in mysterious ways, right? Maybe when Clark put him back in there, put him in like the future, or, because in season ten, Dominion, that episode we mentioned earlier with Oliver and Clark going to the Phantom Zone, Zod is there. And they did something very clever. They combined the two Zods, the Zod from season nine and the Phantom Zod from season six. I'm like, that is very smart. That was the thing that was interesting about Smallville. There were two Zods and they combined them. I thought it was really smart. So he was around. So we're just going to say that he got, he hadn't found her yet again in the okay. Phantom Zone. We're going to go with that. But I think in the show, like Smallville uh, in, in 2008, when this is coming out, they're like, okay, we'll just say Zod died and we'll wrap that up. <laughs> Which is dumb, too, because like if he's going to be Superman one day, you don't want to kill off like one of his top-tier villains. But anyway, 
So they're, they're, you know, our, Clark's pleading with her, like, oh, Lois, you're still in there. She's not. What well, you're wasting your time. But it's interesting that Lois is, Feora is like, oh, you care for this creed, this vessel I possess, right? And she's like, like father, like son. And I think this is a reference to Relic back in season three mm-hmm. when Zorel fell in love with Lana's uh, ancestor. That is a pretty deep cut continuity. I don't know what else that line could mean. Wait, how does that relate to Lois, though? Because he loves a human, I think. Is what they're oh. getting at. Okay. That's the, I mean, I don't know what else that would mean. Like, Jorel loved Earth or something. Like, but no, I think it's, that's a pretty deep cut. So, you know, Jorel and Zod, they were boys back in the day, you know? Mm-hmm. So he probably, hey, man, you know, I was on Earth this time. There was a chick. She got shot. <laughs> they're, you know, they're talking about this back that. in the okay. day. And then, and then Zod uh, told his wife about it. So that's my headcanon. So good on you, Small. Again, this is, the continuity can, like, so deep cut sometimes, and they just forget obvious stuff. Like, the Martian Manhunter thing is huge with Kara. That was a big deal in season seven because that was the last time we saw Martian Manhunter in that season. <laughs> so anyway, I guess no one in Metropolis or the hospital saw this super super battle between uh, Clark and Feyre here. Did they have, oh my gosh, I didn't even remember. I watched it an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I'll say this. Um, so they have this, you know, it's it's not a huge fight, but like Feyre like shoves Clark down a hallway. He busts through a wall. The hospital lands on a car. She jumps down on him like, did no one see this? Oh, right. The ambulance. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I My guess. Favorite we'll... placing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you were, you were getting, you were getting a little excited by this, huh? No, I said I was going to keep this clean. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's no one ever in the hospital. I feel like there's maybe ever one doctor kicking somebody out of a room, but that's it. Well, and they're going to have to explain why there's a giant like hole in the wall of the hospital here. So I know they have this set, but come on, like take your take your fight somewhere else. I don't know. And did you notice how the window of the ambulance just busted out in one piece? Which Perfect. I pretty awesome. Just <laughs> one piece popped right out. Yeah, that's clearly some old car they just painted like, oh, we'll paint it red and put a cross on it. It'll be a hospital vehicle. It's something they got from like a junkyard or something. But uh but he's like, Well, she's like, Lois isn't here right now. Lois can't hear you. <laughs> and so they're they're fighting their uh and and I mean, she's choking him. I guess she's stronger than him. You would think he would be stronger than her because she's just a phantom in a human body. But we're not really sure how any of this works. So it looks well, like she she's... has powers, so she's not human. Right? She could do the speed wishing. Could she fly, though? We don't really see. But anyway, <laughs> no budget for that. Super strength and wishing. She can probably fly. That's what the... should have her fly him up into the air. Right? And choke him up there. No, I'm serious though. Like, and then nobody can see. So that takes her that. And then they start like freezing. She's choking him. So like, you can't even fly. And then Kara, who can fly, flies in with a crystal. Save oh, that. Would be that. Cool. I'm I'm writing, I'm rewriting a much better episode. Much here. more expensive, gonna... but that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. We don't have the budget. <laughs> they would have done that in season three if they had the budget. But uh... so there you go. Like Martian Manhunter's crystal saves the day. She gets presumably sucked back into the Phantom Zone. Uh, I don't know if she ever pops up again uh, when we see her in season ten. There's no, there's no uh, clone Feyora because Zod kills her in season nine. Spoilers. Uh, that was that's the dark stuff going on there. But we come back to the hospital and Davis wakes up. He is not dead. Fortunately, nobody walked by that room and saw that. I don't know whether they're going to explain the pool of blood or any of that. Maybe he just cleaned up that room before he went home. So. But yeah, he's not dead. What doesn't kill him, or what does kill him, makes him stronger. (laughs) 
So we have a, an amnesia count plus one because we're back at the Daily Planet, and Lois can't remember anything, obviously, because she was possessed. And that's uh, that tracks. She does remember something. Well, she so... remembers everything up until she was possessed. Oh, okay. That's how they're playing it. That makes sense. Okay. Because and that that tracks with smallville possession. You usually can't remember what the other person did, which makes sense because you're in their body and someone else is in your body and you can't remember that self Great. Clark's just using the copy machine and <laughs> she just comes in and says, yeah, Tessa had a meeting with me and she gave me a raise. He's like, why? She's like, because of me. Hello. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> but she refers to what she experiences an Arabian Nights acid trip because uh, Kara was dressed yes, <laughs> like they do in the Arabian desert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So she also changes her mind about moving with Clark because she got the raise. She can afford not to live at the farm. Three hours away. Maybe she'll get a place in Metropolis, right? I hope so. Wait, do we ever see her in an apartment? I don't think we do. I think we see Clark and Lois have a place at the very end of the show, but we'll have to keep that. Would be another set, and they we don't have the budget for that. They don't have yeah, the for that. I was surprised that she decided not to move in with him. Well, th- again, this relationship is complicated right now, so it's for the best. Or maybe it would just be too hard to keep his identity secret if she was living there. Well, maybe. Um, well, let's carpool to work. Uh, I don't want to leave three hours before. I usually just leave 30 seconds before. But they also joke about him being her knight in shining armor in her mm-hmm. hallucination. That's the only way that could happen if they was on an acid trip. Uh. But then Clark uh, gets called up to Tessa's office and she wants to see him. She got this puffer fish in her office. Maybe it's because she was like in oceanography when she was younger. Like I thought that was just interesting set decoration right behind her on this couch. She confronts Clark with the, uh, the shoe print that she found in the Arctic and it matches the shoe print that she found in the driveway of his house because it's very muddy around mm-hmm. there. And Clark's got a good excuse. She's like, uh, a lot of people have work boots. <laughs> I mean, <just laughs> You're true. the only person on this planet has a size 11 work boot. <laughs> but she's like, she's like, hey, you were the last person to see Lex when he was alive. And uh, you know, I, I, want, I want you to trust me and I want to know why he didn't. Because he's like, hey, if you're going to fire me, go ahead. She's like, no, I don't want to fire you. So it's... They have this interesting dynamic going on here. I, I mean, I think she lets him off pretty easy because she wants him to just trust her. Mm-hmm. She's got a whole lot of evidence about a lot of stuff he's done that, that she could just put in his face. But uh, I think I think he did play this off pretty well. I, I forgot that I forgot that boot print photo was even a thing. And I think that was back from Odyssey, the first uh, first episode of the season. So I'm, I'm glad they followed up on that. So so yeah, there you go. This that's the uh, they don't want to again. They're they're getting everything very vague with Tess because they don't even know what they want to do with her right now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I mean, I think she's she is playing it like Lex. It's really interesting. First of all, you can't just tell someone to trust you. You have to prove to them that they can trust you. So you can't push for that. But it's essentially the same thing that happened with Lex. All he wanted was for Clark to trust him and tell him a secret. And so she's starting in at like 0.8 on that scale um, because she already knows everything that Lex knows. And so she's picking up from that, trying to get to the heart of the matter. Um, so it's interesting. It's like another game of chess. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Yes. Smart to have him working at the Daily Planet when she's the boss. So Clark goes home after a long day at work, presumably, and Oliver's there waiting for him in his house. And he's like, good to know everyone has a key to this place. <laughs> I like that line a lot. <laughs> I, I, I did like how he was like, Hallmark didn't have a welcome back to Earth card, but uh, <laughs> that was good too. Uh, and they talk about Chloe. And and how like yeah, Clark uh, Chloe just kind of used her hand and her eyes turned white, her nose bled. He's like, uh, "What are you doing about this?" And I, I like Oliver's reaction, like, "Hey man, like this is this is a problem. You need to solve it." Yeah, it's on your team. You're the alien. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "This is your thing, man. You need to clean up your own mess, right?" 
So that's it, because he didn't really, Clark had, he's like, well, I tried to talk to her about it. Yeah, Clark <laughs> dropped the ball. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> but that, that, I like how they're like, because the next episode there really comes into play, like Brainiac taking her over and stuff. So I'm glad that other people are saying, hey, this is concerning. You know, because it is. It's creepy. I mean, Oliver's like, yeah, she just shoved me across the room with no effort. And it's it scared him because it's, it's this alien stuff. So I wonder if it's because so let's say both Kara and Chloe have relationships with him that are not romantic. Like if it was Lana that was dealing with all this, he would be obsessed and trying to fix them and trying to help them. But with Kara and Chloe, just kind of dropped it. That's a very good point. Priorities. <laughs> Very on brand for Clark. Ah, she said she was fine. It's like I can't tell her how to live her life. <laughs> That's no, a good. I always out. believe the person with the problem. I swear, I'm fine. I'm fine. I have, don't have a problem. So Go then uh, we cut to the loft, and uh, Clark is there with the crystal, looking at it, and uh, Kara's like, "Oh, you already got cold feet. You're not even in the Arctic yet." I thought that was a pretty cute line. <laughs> and uh, she asks Clark if Lois knows the secret, because that would be the logical thing to do after something like this. He's like, "No, I just lied to her, like I always do." <laughs> Can I tell you this scene? I heard it the first time I heard it. I was like, oh my God, nobody can know my secret. And I just realized, <laughs> does every single, I don't know if it started with this or every single superhero show is all about nobody can know my secret. Because they said that a million times on Arrow. They they do. The Smallville <laughs> actually, even later this season, he's like, no one can know my name. <laughs> so it is, it, I mean, but hey, secret identities are important. Unless you're in the MCU when they don't exist. Secret identities are important. Um, well, Kara tells uh Clark, that she can handle it. You know, she can handle the secret. So Kara's like supporting Clark telling her the secret. Because, I mean, come on, man. You just can't, can't lie to her about that stuff. Um, but that's where we leave it. And, and Clark says he can't he can't trust the, the crystal to rebuild the fortress. Uh, maybe maybe ask your friend Chloe to fix it. Since she can, I don't know. Did she fix it? Because he uses it again and it works. Was that a one-time only virus that whoever put that in there did? Or maybe it was part of Brainiac's master plan to get Clark to rebuild the fortress so he could infiltrate it, as we see later in the season. There's my headcanon. I don't that doesn't even need a rewrite. That just needs some like, you know, headcanon stuff for the show. Um This is where, you know, Carrie and Clark start talking. She's like, Well, I gotta I gotta leave small. He's like, Wait, you just got back. And she says this is where she says she heard the whispers that Kandar was still around in the Phantom Zone. From who? Who knows? Maybe she was eavesdropping on some phantoms. Who knows? By the water cooler. By the blood cooler. It's the irony of all this is Kandor <laughs> next season is entirely about Kandorians to get cloned from that orb. <laughs> and she's not here at all. That's why everyone's like, oh, well, surely Kara will come back and interact with these Kandorians. Nope. Now they're all cloned from years before she was born. It's not like she would actually see her parents and stuff like that. But it is just interesting. Like <laughs> she's like, I'm going to go look for Kandor. And the Kandor literally shows up at the end of the season and she does not around to see any of it. And he really could have used her help with all these other Kryptonians, but in their, in their mind, they're, they're writing off Supergirl. They're like, okay, she's done. She's going to go off into space or who, who knows where she went, but he needs to become Superman without Supergirl around, which is the truth. Like, and that's even in the show itself. Like she goes to the, presumably the future. Um, the comic books confirm that she went to the future, but usually the Legion ring and leaves earth. Mm-hmm. So he can become Superman without her. So this is, it's, it's goodbye. And they, they really play it that way. And I guess she made this little ass necklace to remember Clark by. No, I don't know. I didn't know where that came from. Because like you both have that, you know, like you're both. <laughs> that's not like a Clark thing. Like you're both the S. Yeah, you're so, both, it's the House of L, right? Yeah, like that's. Don't act like that's from me. Like, <laughs> but it is. She's like, you're always here, close to my heart. I'm like, oh, that's cute. That is a good line. And then she flies off, which we barely got to see her do anything of. And this is a really good flying shot of her flying over the fields of, of Smallville. I really like that. And that is 
presumably a series wrap on Kara, but no, the show got renewed for two more seasons, so we get her for some more episodes down the road. Oh, how exciting. You know, she did say, I don't fit in here. I'm like, yeah, the show seemed to agree with you. Because <laughs> they kept trying to get rid of you. <laughs> but that's not our uh, our final scene. You think in the big Kara Returns episode, you think that'd be the final scene, right? The goodbye, right? Nope. Nope. Go back to Davis, and this is where we get Sam Whitworth's shirtless scene. He goes into a OR. I don't that looked like, like a butcher knife to me. I don't know what kind of surgical tool that was that he pulls out. Uh, <laughs> but he rips his shirt off and he's like, well, I guess I'll give this thing a try. And he stabs himself. And it's a really cool like like uh, 180 curving shot where like they, they 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 start on the side of him and they just move over to the front as the, as the knife shatters and see all the pieces in the air and just shatters on his chest. And he's like, well, I guess I'm invulnerable now. So I thought th- that, that was pretty cool. And that, again, confirms Doomsday from the comics where once he dies one way, he can't die another way. Like, he's been stabbed to death. He can't get stabbed to death again. But how did he know that? Well, she says what kills you makes you stronger. I mean, I would not have taken that so literally. I mean, just- I thought it would make him stronger. He couldn't die. I wouldn't know that that means if he stabs himself in the exact same spot, it wouldn't work. Well, I, I think that he's like, I mean, I, it is a rather extreme thing to do. But remember that he just he just got ran through with a pipe. And he's fine. So you would naturally experiment like that, right? Afterward. Yeah, I just assumed he would just keep killing himself and getting stronger every time he came back. Well, stay tuned for Smallville <laughs> Season 8. Was that worth the episode, though, for you? I know that was the whole plan to have you on. For- <laughs> <laughs> no, I felt like there wasn't all that much with him. But I will <laughs> tell you, when it comes to Davis Bloom's character, who I must refer to by first and last name um, at all times, I, he's so tragic, right? You may or may not have discussed this already, but I find him such a tragic figure and it does fall into the overarching theme of the show, nature versus nurture, evil versus good. He just wants to be a good person. So I don't like, what is his nature? Is it that his human nature is good, but his demon nature is evil and that's overpowering and takes over? Well, that was the idea, but then you know what happens at the end of the season. So (laughs) turns out Davis was just as bad. So, I know it's so sad. He went through a lot of stuff, though. Like Sam Whipper seven in my interview with him, like Davis went through a lot of stuff. He would be a screwed up guy. Mm, yes. So that's. But if you didn't care about him, like because he doesn't want to be this evil guy, that's what makes it interesting. Like he's he's absolutely. He the was were, just were a monster. Doomsday, right? I mean, he's he's yeah. the guy who's cursed by this. And he doesn't want it, and he can't control it. And that's you feel you really feel sorry for him. And that's that's what makes the character work. Absolutely. I mean, we don't like anyone who's pure evil. It's just, it's so much more interesting when they have a heart or you feel for them or you like them, or I guess they're charming. The charm always wins you over. Um, Yes. I feel so bad. So, so bad. Where are we? We are not on Earth. Kara, the crystals reprogrammed to trap me here. Lois doesn't belong here. We're sending her back. Trust me, my son. Smallville, followed by Supernatural. All new this Thursday at 8, 7 central on The CW. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Bloodline got an 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb. And Neil Bailey from Superman Homepage gave it a 4 out of 5. He was a big fan of this one. He's been really going back and forth on these scores this season. He's given 4s and 1s. and well, I might it's hard to disagree to, with him. But hard okay. to tell what Niels is going to think. But, but Renit, on the letter grade scale... What would you give Bloodline? Give it a C. I feel bad, but I just was a little bored. Bored? I know. I was bored, and I watched it three times, so I just got more and more bored each episode. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say bored. I would, I would say frustrated is my thing with it. I, I'm going to give it a C plus myself uh, because it's just, again, I mean, you heard all my rewriting and Monday morning quarterbacking about all this stuff. I just There's a lot of obvious things. It's too packed in. Should have picked one plot line, like, okay, Kara comes back, you know, pick that one, or like Davis finds out about his origin, pick that one, right? Or like, but but then throwing Lois into just complicated everything, and then like, oh yeah, you 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 passed out. I don't know what happened. You just imagined all that. Like, come on, man. Like that's that's a bad look. Um it, it's one th- like I get lying about like, oh, I don't know, Lois. I was here the whole time. That wasn't me. I'm not Superman. That's different than like, oh yeah, you know when we got stuck in that alien prison? I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. Like I, I just I don't equate those things. <laughs> I just think that's absurd. So, yeah, I mean, we talk about it the whole time. Frustrating stuff, a lot of missed opportunities, but mainly for me, uh, Kara's return episode kind of sidelined or kind of wasted. I mean, she had a little to do, but they should have been, like, focused on her, especially if they thought this was going to be it. Because they, from every attention, the show, the actress, like, this was going to be it, wrapping up her story. And, like, for a finale for a character, not that it did much better in season 10, I guess. We'll get there in a couple say, of years. They kicked her off for a reason. <laughs> Obviously, they weren't fans. They brought her on. They didn't really give her a storyline. They kicked her off. They brought, I don't know why they bought to bring her back at all, but clearly someone was not a fan of hers. So C plus for me, C for you. Let's go to the tally board. Uh, amnesia count plus one, because Lois can't remember what happened when she was possessed. That brings us to 62. Blue shirt, red jacket plus one. That brings us to 80. Because, of course, Clark is wearing his blue shirt, red jacket. Mm-hmm. And he gets so messed up in the Phantom Zone, he's wearing the red shirt, blue jacket at the end. Because it's not like he has a closet full of those <laughs> blue shirt, red jackets. Well, really just the red t-shirt. Oh, that's when he goes to the hospital. Yeah. I just think the last scene, he's just in the red t-shirt. At right. Episode title seven, episode plus one, because Kara says, yeah. uh, continue our bloodline uh, at the end. Although, I guess Clark could do that, or she could do it here. Or I get what she meant. I don't think bloodline was the right word there. Like, Legacy would have been a better name for this episode, but they used that five years ago in season three. <laughs> so they're going to go with they're gonna go with Bloodline. Obviously, it's about Davis as well. It it, tra- it tracks, you know, with, with all the plot. If, or, as much as I'm saying all these plots are too much, it does track that Bloodline is the title. But anyway, that brings us to 64 so far. We have an injection count because Green Arrow injects uh, Tess with that paralyzing dart. That brings us to 51. We have a knockout to keep Clark's secret because Lois gets knocked down in the Phantom Zone. It's another plus one that brings us to 51 again in that category. Because, again, if you don't have Lois there, you don't have to knock her out. You don't have to lie to her. You don't have to do any of this stuff. But there you go. Uh, plus one for not the last son of Krypton because Feyora is a new character to the show. We'll see a lot more of her in a different form in season nine. But that brings us to 12. So far, I'm going to have to get a head count on the Skandorians next season because that's a lot of that's a lot of not the last son of Krypton's there. And then finally, possession count plus one because Fayora possesses Lois. That brings us to 26. Bechtel test fail? I'll let you make the call. Yes, fail. All right. You're right, because they are talking about Clark or Davis or 
have no lives without men. <laughs> and there you have it. There's the tally board now. People might say, but the hospital visit. Nobody we knew went to the hospital. That kid doesn't count. Like, in my opinion, we shouldn't count a hospital visit here. That's my opinion. What, do you agree? I do. I mean, there were a lot of injuries incurred in the hospital. Right. But no one got injured outside. And it's then it's sent the, to the spirit hospital. of the award. The spirit of the award is something happens to a character and then you see them go to the hospital in the next scene. That's the spirit yeah. of the award. So that's okay. the spirit outdoes the letter of the law as the saying goes. So there you go. That is Bloodline. Well, that was a lot of fun. Ready? Thanks for joining me again this time. Thank you for inviting me. If people want to find you out there on the internet, where can they find you? I mean, they can't. I don't exist in social media. I don't know. <laughs> Your life is better for it, probably. So. <laughs> All right, well, any final thoughts then on uh, Smallville Season 8 as we wrap up here? I liked it a lot more than I remembered. Yeah. I liked it. Except so, this episode, you. apparently. <laughs> yes, except this episode. But I love the lead up, and I enjoyed the episodes after because I rolled right on through and watched most of it. I just don't remember it all right now. <laughs> excellent, excellent. No, I, I'm looking forward to revisiting the... Uh, the end of the season as well, because I always throw a lot of shade. I'm like, well, you know, the first half of season eight is pretty good, but you know, we'll get to that second half. We'll see how it tracks this time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching it as well, because as you guys have heard me talk about this, I I have big gaps of memory. I, I didn't even know Green Arrow was in this episode. <laughs> so, you know, I have big gaps of memory about this uh, season eight. But uh, there we have it. Well, we'll be back next week talking about Abyss. But until then, always hold on to small. Hold On to Smallville as part of the Always Hold On To network of podcasts and brought to you by listeners like you. Chris Fuchs, Kefonte Chillis, Darren Kirscht, Joey Deanberg, JJ Hodges, DJ Duena, Casey Vosch, Isaiah Goodridge, Corey Moore, Nathan Rothatcher, Thomas Navin, Andrew Parker, Adam Sullins, Mark Idsfoppen, Patricia Carrillo, Michael Hartford, Jim Crawford, Megan Rich, Rui Humphrey, Nathan McKenzie, Jason Skipper, Steve Rogers, Joe Mikendo, Atif Sheik, Molly Ficarella, John Curcio, Dylan D'Antonio, James Lee, Joe Michael, Jason Davis, Patrick Bravo, Jacob Stevenart, Dana Bias, Alex Ramsey, Crystal Dungeon, Rob O'Connor, Tay Tay, Nick Ryan Magdoza, Eddie Bissell, Jim Thomas, Nicholas Fanzler, Clunk Kent, Stephanie Ronsley, John Long, Tom Gerke, Nicholas Coso, Jared Gibbs, Anthony Anderson, Jasmine Gelly, Keith Falls, James Hart, Anthony Desiato, Crystal Cross, and Jake C. Thank you so much to all these patrons. And you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash alwaysmallville with one S. Hope to see you there. Always Willing to Smallville's theme music is by Lance Laster, and our podcast art is by Tom Gerke. You can follow us on Twitter at Always Smallville with one S. You can find us on Facebook at Always Hold On To Smallville. And you can send us an email at alwaysmallville at gmail.com once again with one S. Thanks for listening. Okay, before we start. Yeah. Or we're starting, but. Oh, sure. So here's the thing.
When we agreed to do this, I could have sworn I was getting the episode with um, Sam Whitmer in the shower, right? Because that's what we talked about. That is what we talked about. Just so you know, I like to do my homework. So I started watching this from the episode one, season eight, right? The first episode. And so I'm watching it and I get to episode six and he's in the shower and I'm like, huh. They really capitalized on him. He must have more than one shower scene. I had no idea. And so I'm eagerly, I'm like, this isn't the one I was supposed to watch. So I'm eagerly waiting for it. We get to Bloodline and I was like, where is my shower scene? <laughs> I guess they did limit him. I thought that too. But then I realized that we both must have misremembered when he uh, stabs himself at the end with the knife because he takes his shirt off. Right. And I was, that's, I think, what we were both thinking. <laughs> that Because I thought about it. I'm like, oh, no, Renit, I promised her the shower scene. <laughs> But you saw it anyway, so good job doing your homework. I did. Listen, I'm here for you. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, no, I thought of it. I was like, oh, no.